Hey guys, welcome back uh, to Parenting Today. Uh, this is our Thursday episode. We're uh, going to be joined again by Phil Etheridge. Uh, of course, we're always joined, unfortunately, by John Parrott. So, John, <laughs> hey, I, uh, I just got to say, since you just took that shot, you paused before you said Phil Etheridge. Did you forget his name for just a second? I think you no, did. I just want to make sure I say, yeah, I forgot it. That's I, what it. That's I what think it you was, blanked. John. I do. Um, my my first name is Philip. My dad's name is Phil. I definitely forgot what his name was. So uh, that means nothing. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Hey, do you have two L's or one L, Phil? Two L's. Two L's. Oh, two L's. Mm. Are you a one L? Are you a biblical? Of Phil? course, like the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the real way to do it. <laughs> yeah. that my whole life. Yes, you're a. Uh, you're like a generic Phil. Anyway. <laughs> hey, you don't even use the name, Kurt. You just dropped it. You go by Kurt. So what does that say for you? Well, my dad's name, my dad went by that, and he didn't want to be, like, my mom didn't want to call both of us Philip or Phil, so it was I was destined to be a middle name guy. But mm-hmm. um, My dad's middle name was Philip. Oh, wow. So that's there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, even though I know our fun facts are on Tuesday, but my dad's middle name is Dwight. And my middle, my middle name is obviously Kurt. And on the show, The Office, the Dwight, his name is Dwight Kurt Schrute. So I should have given Schrute as a middle name to one of my children, but mm-hmm. I decided not to. Okay, uh, this is where uh, we ask questions. Uh, I've got a question for John. And, uh, These, Philip are unrehearsed. John These are unrehearsed. These are unrehearsed. Unrehearsed questions. Um, so he, he doesn't know what I'm going to ask him. John, when was the first time, do you remember the first time? Or when was the first time that you even even understood the idea of adoption? Like the, the first time that you were ever – can you remember as a child being exposed to the idea of adoption? And how young were you? How did you understand it? Um, do you even – when was the first time you met someone who was adopted or were exposed to a – as a new term that we learned on Tuesday, exposed to a conspicuous family. Um, why, why are you laughing about that, Kurt? I just like that phrase. Oh, it's a, it sounds, I'm going to be honest too, is that I don't always know the difference between inconspicuous yeah. and conspicuous. I know one of them means you show, you stand out. One of them means you don't, but I, I'm never really confident as to which one means what. So now I know though, that conspicuous means you stand out and inconspicuous means you're, you know, you're blended in. So, mm-hmm. um, so this is not going to be an exciting answer, but I don't really know. I, I do know that there was a family in the church that I grew up in who adopted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have no idea what age I was. I'm kind of thinking early elementary. And so mm-hmm. it was just kind of a, you know, this family adopted this child. And in my young mind, mm-hmm. it's okay. Well, I knew this uh, a child was was brought into this family because if I'm remembering correctly, you know this was an older child, and when I say older, three, four, mm-hmm. five years old. Um, but so at a at a fairly young age, I had somewhat of a concept uh, of adoption, and you know saw it being lived out in front of me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know exactly my, when. My first exposure was Annie. I think like a lot of people. Um, so, uh, that might've been, that's the first that you say it. <laughs> well, I was just thinking like, anyway, I, I didn't have that loaded up before I asked you that question, but then I was just thinking about it and I was like, when did I first 
and prob- that's probably the first time that I ever even thought about adoption was the first time that I saw Annie. So, um, anyway, that's my question. What's your question for me? Yeah, I was just going to ask you, did you and Marty ever consider adopting? Was that something you guys had any discussion about, a serious discussion about? What? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that is a very personal question, so let's go. Um, but uh, <laughs> I didn't know. I thought this was still like the uh, surface level stuff. But now that's, uh, that's a fun fact, but, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So when we had our first child, Campbell, um, uh, he was a surprise. We weren't really, as they say, trying. But we weren't not trying either. You know what I mean? So um, he was born. And then uh, we really did think about adoption because and a lot of different things because uh we had what's called secondary infertility where for some reason and we're not really sure we might have an idea now but for some reason uh, we couldn't conceive a second child and i was really adamant uh, with marty that i didn't want to have just one child i was raised as an only child and i didn't really enjoy um i, I always felt like i missed out on something because i didn't have a brother or sister um, I have a half sister, I should say that, but, um, you know, because I don't want to get into my whole life story here, but I have a half sister, but we weren't raised together. So I always felt like I was kind of, um, deprived of something because I didn't re- grow up in a home with a brother or sister. And I was like, well, I, I really want us to have, and we were thinking about these kind of things. Um, and, uh, and then all of a sudden we got pregnant with, uh, Grayson. And we had Grayson. So out of nowhere, we had Grayson. And now we're, you know, thinking about, well, are we going to have a third child? Or, um, and I always just say that's in the Lord's hands. But yeah, we discussed it, but we didn't, um, we we didn't go beyond, um, just beyond like the surface level discussion. We didn't do any research. That's as far as we got because we were so, um, we were a lot more seriously thinking about it when we, um, before we had Grayson and, you know, Grayson's just two. So we're just kind of like coming out of the death spiral of having a young child. And, um, anyway, that's our story. So mm-hmm. I guess the, the short answer to that is not really not in the serious way that you would do it, but we did, we we're starting to have those kind of conversations right when we got pregnant with Grayson. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I'd, I'd say the same for us too. We were semi-serious that, um, uh, you know, we were having some conversations. We were reading some some material. We were, you know, having some discussions. The uh, Michelle, uh, the missionary that um, Phil referenced earlier on Tuesday, uh, we did have her over for dinner, and she, you know, was talking to us. We had just all kinds of questions for her, and then shortly after, um, Ashley got pregnant, <laughs> and so we were just thinking, okay, um, I don't think this is the season you know, to be, uh, considering this. And so maybe down the road, but, uh, we have not. So, um, if that was too personal, Kurt, I, I apologize. I, um, no, not, okay. not at all. But I just, I thought you were going to ask me like a question that was like a joke. So <laughs> you were like, I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. No, you're, you're really serious. You really, you, you really care well, about I, me, John, I, and, and my, my story and not just taking cheap shots at me all the time. <laughs> well, see, that's the difference between us really, isn't it? But, uh, <laughs> I have a question for Phil. So, um, cause he's been awkwardly sitting here silent as we talk here. Um, so I didn't know I was going to get to chime in. So you have a 14 year old, an 11 year old, a nine year old and a four year old. Okay. Right. Yeah. 
So the question that your four-year-old is going to be asked for the rest of his life, or her, well, is a boy or girl? That's a, a girl. Four-year-old. That's a girl. The question she's going to be asked for the rest of her life is, is she an oops? So um, when she gets to, like, wow, all your siblings, your your closest sibling is, uh, you know, five years older than you? Uh, were your parents just like, oh, well, <laughs> they thought they were done? And <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, like, uh, talk to me about, I know we're going to get into like some other things. John wants to ask you some questions about what's a helpful question, an unhelpful question. But talk to me about adopting a child and then, all of a sudden, you know, a couple of years later being like, oh, hello, here's a, here's another one. So, <laughs> Which, Is there a question? By, by the way, we, we were <laughs> supposed to break from our Thursday thoughts to the topic. Oh, we were? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. John. That's it's segment. Hey. Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> well. Part of it is Joe Deegan worked on that music for us. I mean, all of his hard work, and you're just omitting the music. But who's, it's okay. Who's Joe Deegan? <laughs> Jingle Joe. You remember? <laughs> yeah. What's more insulting that I that I, like I don't know him, or that you would call him Jingle Joe? I'm gonna go with Jingle Joe. That's more insulting. All right. Go ahead. The question that uh, Kurt asked. Why don't you clarify that? Because it was a little bit rambling. Yeah, sorry. I was just saying, like, did you think that you were done with with parenting children after you adopted? And uh, you know, talk talk to me about that. Yes. Yes, you thought that you were. And um, so, yeah, we had. Uh, well, I think, like I said, Tuesday. Um, you know, we had two kids. We were done. I mean, we were happy. We were, we were, you know, balanced, all that stuff. We were done. And then the adoption, um, journey, you know, kind of came to be and we brought Eliza Grace home and, uh, and that was like, okay, great. Now we're done, you know, and anybody, I mean, if you go from one kid to two, it's like, okay, it's harder, but we got this, you know, we can still, and then when you go to three, you, you move to his own defense and you're like, okay, I mean, everything's, tra- and then when you go to four, it's like, whatever, just keep piling them on. And, um, and, and so, uh, but no, we, we, yeah, we were, we were done with three. Um, and, but, but kind of like what you just said, it's like, you know, if the Lord wants us to have more, we'll have more. We, we didn't completely rule out more adoption. That's really what we thought would happen. Um, if we ever had more kids, um, cause you know, you, you can adopt teenagers, you can adopt babies, you mm-hmm. can adopt anybody. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, so yeah, we, we, we left that door open, but really left it up to the Lord. And, and sure enough, um, uh, <laughs> I remember the day I was, I was heading to work. I, I said bye to everybody. I got in my car and, and, uh, was about to pull out and my wife comes, comes out of the house with this weird look on her face. And what she, she, you know, usually she's, I was like, that's weird. What's she even coming out here for? And she had this really serious look on her face. And she's, I said, what's the matter? Roll my window down and asked, what's the matter? She said, um, I just took a pregnancy test. <laughs> I just started laughing. <laughs> I was like, out of joy, not at her, but it was just like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. Why are you laughing? I was like, I don't know. This is amazing. I was so excited, <laughs> which is, well, the crazy thing is because I, I just, I'm a terrible dad of infants. I just don't do well with infants uh the, the crying I, I it is a very 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 difficult um 
the thing for me to handle. And, and, and I've uh, had to repent of a lot in, in my parenting of, of little kids. But when this last one came along, I don't know. I mean, that was it was just a knee-jerk reaction that I have to give credit to the Lord for changing my heart. And I didn't know it until she told me that day. And I was, and since she was born, when she cried, I was the one that went and got her. And, and even now, I mean, she's she'll be five in October when when she's giving Maggie a hard time and, and disobeying, I can go just speak a word to her and say, Greta, enough. And she says, yes, sir. And she sits down. I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then Maggie's like, ah, where were you all day? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not fair. I'm sorry. But so it's, I don't know. It's, it's anyway, that's, that answers a question, I guess, but it gives you a little more too. Yeah. Hey, Phil, talk to us a little bit about just some of the, the, the differences between, you know, having a biological child and adoption. I know, I mean, there are some obvious ones. You've referenced some of these, but, you know, I'm thinking everyone, uh, you know, who, who has a child, you go into expect with expectations of, okay, what's it going to be like to, to go to the hospital and uh, to bring home this child? Okay. Well, you've got expectations as you're, you're thinking about the adoption process. Since you've kind of been through both of those, talk to us just about some of the expectations you kind of went in with this adoption process, some of the things that surprised you, some of the notable differences. Um, just talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting how, um, you know, it takes, it, it takes nine months to, for a baby born in, in, in normal cases, of course. But, um, and, and in our case, it was kind of close to nine months. I mean, from the time that we sat down and said, okay, we're going to do this to, to on that plane was, was roughly nine months. So that for, in our case, the coincidence there was kind of interesting, but, um, uh, you know, obviously, um, both of you are waiting at that point. I mean, you're, I know you're waiting for your, for your wife as well when she's having a child, but, um, but you kind of feel a little bit more involved, I guess, in the, in the pregnancy or if you or the waiting period, I suppose. So, uh, there's still a lot of waiting, a lot of hurry up and wait as you get stuff done. Um, so just from a, from the process standpoint and our case, um, Eliza Grace was 15 months old when we brought her home. So that's, that's probably the first thing out the gate and, and like, a like a naive you know, person going into it, I, we just, I assumed, you know, okay, so we're past all that, that infant crying stage and there's a 15, I know they're, you know, the terrible twos and that's okay. We're going to come into a kind of a rough phase for any kid, but we can handle it. We've, we've done two kids before we can, we can bring this one into, we know what to do. And, um, and, but it is different. And, and in, in our case, um, in, in the situation, in our adoption situation, um, Eliza Grace lived with a foster family um, from the time that she left the hospital when she was born um, to the time that we got her. So, and that's a wonderful thing. Not not all kids have that. Some of them are, do go to an orphanage. Some of them, most of them, they try to play. All of them, they try to place with a foster family who can care for them. And she did have. Uh, a foster mother and father. And so um, what surprised me in, in our case was, um, and, and this is probably foolish of us, honestly, when you get there, you, you kind of have this picture of this is going to be so great. We're doing a good thing. We're following the Lord's will, um, you know, and we're, you know, and, and people tell you this and you kind of listen to it too, like, this is going to be the luckiest kid in the world. And you're like, okay, yeah, it's, it's a good thing to obey the Lord and, and adopt kids. And it is, I, I don't deny that, but think about it from their perspective. This is a 15 month old. And in our case, a child whose whole life had been in a different culture, different language, different cartoons on TV, different food that sleep on the floor. 
um, all these differences, smells, sounds, everything. And here come these people, these total strangers, walking in to meet her and take her home. And we stay, you have to stay in Korea for a couple of days. I think it's maybe two days minimum uh, before you you finally do you, your final process and leave. And so um, she came to us. She kind of played with us. She sort of looked at her adopted, her, her foster mom was like, you know, that's kind of weird. But she, she came, you know, didn't cry too much, fell asleep in the taxi back to the hotel. And then we were in the hotel and she was kind of like, okay. I think I'm ready, you know, and we, you know, how you communicate to a little kid, first of all, 15 month old, but second of all, who doesn't understand English, any English. And we had tried to learn as much Korean as we could, but it was still just like, what are we doing? Um, and she went and grabbed my tennis shoes and she took them by the door to the hotel room. Like, okay. And she was saying, Appa, Appa, you know, saying, you know, daddy, daddy. And we were like, Oh my gosh, you know, she wants to go back to her foster dad. And we just, I think both of us just cried in the hotel. Like, where are your mom and dad now? And how do you tell this little kid that? And she, she got upset and she started crying. I mean, to the point where she, she threw up and uh, just upset herself. And, and she finally just got exhausted. But, and that was the first moment, you know, the very first day of a couple of hours that we had, her, we just kind of looked at each other like, what are we getting into? Mm-hmm. And, and you, you fall back on the Lord, you fall back on his promises and his faithfulness and his goodness. But that was, that was sobering and it was good. Excuse me. Uh, it was good that that happened um, while we were there in country because we we still had some support from the agency. We could call and just be like, "She keeps saying this. What does that mean?" You know, and she, she, you know, and baby talk. What could it possibly mean? And and uh, but but we were just scrambling to get as much as we possibly could about her specifically before we left. And um, so so that was that was pretty shocking. And then it, it kind of continued when we got home. She just she really attached and bonded to Maggie. Um, and just was grieving. I mean, her whole world was upside down. And uh, I mean, it's yeah, look, you have these siblings, and, and she played with with Miller and with Wilson, but um, but still, it just you know, can you imagine? And 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 I remember having to tell that to, to Miller at one point. She said something that was just kind of ugly. I think they were fighting, and she said something like, "Well, you you know, you could just go back to Korea." And and I heard it, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" And so I just kind of came in and said, "Stop right there," and just talked to her and said, "How would you feel?" Let me just kind of paint a picture for you real quick. We're going to go call a Korean family right now and see if they'll take you. And you're going to go, and you'll never see us again. And nothing's going to taste the same sounds. And you got to learn their language. And she just the look on her face. Miller was just like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm like, "That's what you said to her. Don't ever say that again." And so. Um, you know, there's just things like that that you kind of have to go through. And 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 Miller's so sweet. She she just she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Thank you, Daddy. And 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 they're they're they fight, but they're close and all that. But so I mean, it's it's things like that that you just don't know. But a lot of Grace had a hard time. She like, she, she really um, attached to Maggie and really lashed out against me. And I, I don't think it was obviously it was a little kid. She wasn't, it wasn't personal, but she had those emotions, and that's how she had to manifest. And it was hard for me as a dad to be like. Do you have any idea? And of course she didn't. But do you have any idea what we've just done for you? And she's just saying back to me in her little way, do you have any idea what you did to me? And I remember her, she's very, she's very small and, and thin, but strong-willed like a tiger. And I mean, she just was kicking. I remember sitting in this rocking chair. She was screaming and pitching a fit, and I just held her. And she was pushing against me and kicking and, and thrashing. And I just held her tight, and I said, I love you, and just rocked. And I was just like, Lord, help me. And for probably 45 minutes, and she finally just just got to the point where she was sobbing, but quit fighting, and I could hold her finally and just comfort her. And 
you know, I'm saying like, I don't think that meant anything to her, but I broke her down and, and let her know that I'm still here and that's all you can do. And you just feel so hopeless. Um, but, but again, just pushing you to the Lord to depend on him, to have faith that whatever we're doing, Lord, you're working through us. I know we're making mistakes, but, but be with us and, and, uh, and, and use us in some way. So, um, yeah, that's that's the stuff that you can't really get prepared for, and not every adoption is that way. I mean, even even uh, international adoption, we've got friends who have adopted two girls, uh, also from Korea. The first one, I mean, I don't for I don't think the first couple of years of her life being home, she realized she was adopted. I'm like, well, you look a little different, but I mean, she just didn't know. She just came right on in, and then they adopted the second one, and and uh, also from Korea. And she uh, is more like Eliza Grace's story. She's had a much harder time adjusting. So, and then the, of course that family was like, "What do we do?" And so it's been good for us. One way the Lord's used our experiences to to reach out to them and just say, "I hear you. Let's talk." I don't have all the answers, but you know, there's stuff you probably want to say and questions you want to ask, and we'll, we're we're glad to, to talk to you about those. So, um, anyway, so that that kind of scratched what you're getting at. Yeah, and I and I do have to just go back real quick to. To your, the story you just shared of being in the rocking chair with Eliza Grace, just mm. pushing, fighting against you, and just the spiritual reality of that, you know, the biblical reality of adoption that we push against our Heavenly Father all the time, mm-hmm. and we're running in the other direction, and Him just clinging to us and saying, I love you, and I'm not going to let you go. Anyway, just an awesome thought there. Kurt, yeah. I know you've got something to ask. I, well, I don't want to step on some of your questions, but I, you know, I know that you're going to ask some questions. But I think one of the ones that you're going to ask that I'm very interested in is, um, and this might be like a question that someone asks where you're like, man, that's really offensive to ask. But maybe a realistic question <laughs> is like, if someone if someone were to say to you like, well, do you really love your adopted daughter as much as your biological children? Mm-hmm. Like in a kind of a cynical way. Like, first of all. That's obviously a very offensive question um, but, um, for a lot of reasons, because it just assumes a lot of bad things about, you know, a lot. Of, anyway, but do you ever do people ever ask that without asking it? I guess is what I'm asking. And if they do, how do you respond to that? Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. Uh, Kurt. I'm glad you asked it. Um, I think um, and, and you asked it in a nice way. I think usually what you kind of get is sort of like, well, these are your real kids. And then this is mm. your special kid or your other kid. And, and thankfully you don't get it that bluntly very often. Uh, but the, the good thing is when, when, when we get it, you, you kind of know immediately this person is just asking to ask that they're not really interested in adoption or learning more. Um, you know, but, um, so, so you can kind of just answer it in a, in a way that's, that's, terse and, and kind of dismissive, like we're, we're done here. But, um, you know, I, I think, I mean, the, the, to, to answer that question. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely do. It's, is it different? Yeah. But every one of our kids is different. I mean, John, you know, you've got five of them and, and every single one of them are different. I mean, that's, um, you know, you can't, even twins are different. I mean, when you, when you meet two twins and you kind of get to know them, like, wow, this guy's kind of quiet and that one's really outgoing. But, um, so yeah, you, you can love them. You love them where they are with, with what they have. And, and, uh, um, you know, are they, are they, I, I'm one of four siblings or I have to I have three siblings and, you know, all four of us are very different. And, and, you know, my siblings all call me the black sheep. I, I take that as a compliment, 
Um, but you know, my, I've, I've got one sibling who's had a really hard time, um, and had a rock, had some rocky uh, roads that, that, that's, he's, they're doing better now, but, um, uh, you know, so it doesn't, he wasn't adopted, but, but he was kind of a hard kid. And, and so, um, that's, that's going to happen. But, uh, and my parents love all four of us. And, and of course you love all four of your kids. I actually did have somebody ask me that same question though, Kurt, um, you, can you, can you really, uh, love a child who's not yours. And, um, and they asked in the, in the sense that they were actually looking into adoption. They, they felt like maybe they would, they felt like they, uh, were being called to have more kids and, and were interested in adoption. They said, and they were just struggling with like, yeah, but would they really mm-hmm. fit in or not? And, um, and, and in that case, the way they, they, you know, the context of the way they asked it, I, I realized that's just, that was a real genuine question. And so, um, and, and I, I was thankful for that because it gave me an opportunity to share it. Yeah, it's, it's different. And, you know, the, the way they come into your family is different and all that, but, but absolutely. I mean, it's, you kind of get a little picture of it sometimes if your kids ever have a friend over and that, that little kid is, I mean, just the way you welcome them into your home and you just kind of bring them under your wing and you're like, come on, man, you're with us this weekend. You spend the night coming. I don't know if you'll do that or not, but you know, and you just kind of, you kind of feel like a parent too. Then that's, I hope you do. But, uh, for a little while, and it's kind of fun. You, your family grows just for a short time, and but this is this is forever. So you get the good and the ugly. Um, but um, anyway, so well, yeah, you, you absolutely can, um, and it's well. Yeah. The reason I ask is, or the reason that I think that's an interesting question, um, is because you know the bottom line about parenting is that parenting is hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's hard when they're when they're, you know, when when you went through the whole process, the whole, um, you know, get pregnant. Uh, have the child, you know, go through the nine months, have the child, the child looks like you even maybe, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's still, sometimes you're just like, do I love this child? Or like, you know what I mean? Cause yep. they, especially, you know, when they get to be like, when they're three or four and they're in that real, or I guess whatever people say the terrible twos, but I would argue that threes are worse. Teenagers, um, teenagers, but, maybe. teenagers yeah. 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 And you're just like, and you look at me and you're like, and I think some people, they come by that question honestly because they're like, man, sometimes I wonder if I love my own biological children. How could I love someone else's child? That's um, a great response you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that'd yeah. be a great response. You're telling me you always love your kids? Mm-hmm. I mean, really? All, yeah. all the time? Of course. You know, there's going to be times like that. But yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and anyway. Uh, did I jump in on you? Go ahead, John. Well, along these lines, too, and, and I know we're going to get to some other questions and then get to our, our trash on the table segment in just a minute, but so maybe some kind of bullet points here. Uh, what are some of those unhelpful questions that you get or comments that people make? Um, uh, yeah, j- just kind of helping us think through that. I mean, as you know, those who are listening uh, who have not adopted, and again, our perspective is going to be different. Uh, just do you get some of those frequent questions, comments that are just like, wow, man, they should have thought about that a little bit more before they said it. Any, anything coming to mind there? You know, one of the questions y'all asked in the on Tuesday was uh, I, I appreciate it because of the context of, of what we're doing here to, to kind of be open and honest about it. But a lot of times uh, you, you it, it's one of the ones that I really have to be careful with is, you know, why did you pick international adoption or why Korea versus, you know, why don't, don't we have enough kids here? And, you know, and, and it's, it's a hard question because yeah, we absolutely do. They're all over the place. I mean, get, why aren't you adopting a kid, you know, and, and what are you doing about it? Or at least praying for them or doing. Yeah. That's, that, yeah. That's the thing is like, what's behind that is like, <laughs> 
I think what's funny about that, and I was the one who asked that question, is like, um, <laughs> if someone says like, well, why did you adopt from Korea or why did you adopt from Africa or why did you adopt from China and why did you adopt from the United States? Be like, are you really criticizing me about adopting? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of, like, and that's, so that's the, and, and he, the thing is, you know, Maggie and I were kind of talking about this, uh, earlier, earlier in the week and people, so people just don't kind of know what to say, especially when you're a conspicuous mm-hmm. family and you were walking around and here comes this, you know, oh, she's a little different. That's okay. You know, it's perfectly fine. Please don't feel uncomfortable to to recognize that and to acknowledge it. And that's where a lot of the times what you'll get is a comment from, you know, maybe you're at McDonald's and the, the, the lady at the cashier um, station might say something like, um, you know, oh, she's so cute. And, and, and at first, you might bristle a little and go, what about these other three kids that are with me? Are they, you know, chopped liver? And, and but then, but it's like, no, I think, and what, what we had to kind of come to grips with was they just don't know what to say. They see something different and then they go, they, and, and now we kind of take it more as like, yeah, go adoption, way to go. You guys did it. You know, it's sort of like, a, that's, that's a good thing. I acknowledge that you did it and that's cool and she's beautiful. And so it's, it's just a compliment. And so, uh, so that's really more towards, you know, adoptive parents. You know, if, if you're new to it, or if you're feeling bristled, don't get bristled over something like that. There's bigger things to worry about. Um, but then also to, to folks um, uh, who, who maybe don't know what to say, just do your best, you know, go with grace, just like anything else that you might have a question about. Just um, try your best and, 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 you know, rely on grace for, for you know, they're going to respond in a way that's that's helpful. That helps you understand what you what you want to know. I, I do have a follow up question, which is: Has adopting someone from a different culture changed your perspective on that culture and your own culture in any way? Definitely on another culture. I mean, Korea is this tiny little peninsula, you know, about the size of Mississippi, and there's millions of people that live there. I should probably know the number, but. Um, so in the in the big global scope of the world, it's just this kind of you know it, it'd be easy to overlook it or dismiss it, and yet they have such a strong economy just from from that standpoint. But they have five thousand years of history, five thousand years of history. Now, like in their museum, it's unbelievable. And um, and you're like, why hadn't China taken this this country over and just pulled them in, or or Japan? And it's not not from trying for sure, but. Um, uh, Anyway, so it's I it has certainly opened my eyes to uh, a culture and um, a country and a people that that I probably the rest of my life would have just been like, that's kind of cool. You know, Samsung, big fan, whatever. But, um, uh, you know, as we when when we knew that we were going to Korea, um, that we were going to that we had been placed and matched with a child there. I've worked hard to try to learn the language. Their alphabet's actually pretty easy to learn. They had they they created an alphabet back in 1400. One of their um, one of their kings came up with it to, because they were using the old Chinese system, which is extremely complicated. And he came up with this very simplified phonetic alphabet so that all the people in Korea would learn would know how to read and write. And he carried the whole literacy went up to like 98 percent when he did that. So there's just stuff like that that you learn. You like man, these guys got it going on. It's this little tiny, you know, underdog that is just strong. So it's a fascinating culture. And, um, what's, what's funny is if I don't have Eliza Grace with me and I come across someone who's Korean, I might talk to them and, um, I might talk, come up to them and say something like, you know, Oh, or whatever. And you, and you try to engage them and they're like, 
what? You know, who's this white guy trying to talk to me? <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it would make more sense if Eliza Grace was here. And so, um, you know, that, that's kind of funny where I do, I do kind of relate, but, but obviously it's not going to be reciprocated immediately. But um, anyway, so kind of a funny anecdote, I guess. Yeah. yeah and Phil, I th- think we still have Kurt with us. Kurt, are you there? Uh-huh, I'm okay, here. Okay, I just had yeah. to suspend video yeah. uh, in the middle of that. I yeah. heard everything that Phil said, but he sounded like um, like he was a robot all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> it was just so your, your connection. I don't know what was happening yeah, there. Because I could, I could yeah. hear him fine. Um, I, I have two more questions, and then we need to get to our trash on the table uh, segment. Uh, just, you know, every parent has fears. Um, what we're afraid of, of certain things about, you know, our parenting style, about how our kids are going to turn out everything. Are there any fears that mm-hmm. are unique to um, adopting a child? Uh, maybe, yeah. you know, the top fear or, or a few that yeah. come to mind there. Yeah, I'll, I'll think of two that are kind of related. The, the biggest one that's always on our mind is there is this ever-present question mark about is you know when when you're dealing with any kind of parenting issue there's a new filter and a new question that doesn't apply to your other children of does this have anything to do with being adopted that question is always in your mind and you try so hard to just get over it and go this is still a person who's just a sinner like me and needs the love of the lord and grace and all that is still true but as you try to suss out the details and how do you handle this there's always that question does this have anything to do with being adopted whether it was the loss that she went through is that in that pain that she still uh, has to has to kind of heal from, um, or is it just whatever? And and, and to that I would say I've I've talked to friends who have um, who have I, I may be kind of venting to a friend like oh this is this is something we're struggling with Elijah Grace is just having a hard time and this this and this and then and I'm talking to a friend and they may say yeah we've got one of those kids too. And at first you might be like, no, no, you can't top that. You can't relate to that. And But then I'm like, no, wait, that's good because that takes the question mark away for me. So, um, And you just can't answer it. So you just have to be comfortable with that big question mark all along. The fear that's kind of related to that is, I guess, just what's going to happen? I mean, she's nine years old. And um, I'll, I'll generalize again, but I've, I've heard from many parents of, of girls who've, who've raised girls, excuse me, reared girls, um, and they've all said, you know, when girls reach roughly nine, 10, 11 years old, they just kind of go through a change. And I'm not talking about physical change, but just they get kind of snarky or they start lashing out. They just get something happens. And I've started to see that in, in both, you know, girls in our, in our church that we've you know uh, loved on or had done Sunday school with whatever. And in, and in my, Miller is now 11. We saw some changes. And so now Eliza Grace is nine. And so that's fine. That's going to happen. We're ready for that. What about the teenage years? And I think back to I've got friends from high school who were adopted um, who went through some really difficult identity issues um, and and acted out in very dangerous behavioral ways. And I think just kind of like, forget it. You know, I don't know my parents. They obviously were were um, reckless with their lives. And now I'm here. So why not? And they did some very, very reckless things. And praise the Lord, a lot of them have actually come back and and first of all, survive that, but also have repented of that and have, have been uh, redeemed through that. But you hear stories like that and you just kind of wonder, we may do everything right. And this is true of all your kids. This takes the question mark away again, but you just don't know. And um, so what's that going to be? Because she is going to have to deal with, I mean, there are, there are things, um, 
there are things she's not asked about yet. And there's things she hasn't really expressed a lot of interest in yet. For example, we'll ask her about, do you ever think about your foster parents, Amma and Appa? And she says, yeah, sometimes when I'm, when I'm mad at you and you and dad, you know, she's telling us to Maggie. So when I'm, when I'm kind of angry or upset with you and dad, I kind of think, I wish I was back with them and Appa. She hadn't seen these people. She was 15 months old, but, and I'm not denying that she has a strong, some sort of strong memory there. But that's who she goes to. And I think Maggie pushed her a little bit and said, do you ever think about your tummy mommy, her, her biological mom? She said, mm, not really. And you kind of breathe a sigh of relief, but then you're kind of like, but I bet you will, you know, at some point, maybe not in, in, in each, each person who's each adopted person who's ever, you know, gone through in, into adulthood. Some do, some don't. But if she does, what's that road going to be? Is it going to be hard or not? I'm not scared of it. I think there is a little bit of fear is a question you asked, but, um, you know, you do kind of wonder what the Lord has in store. So who knows, maybe in, in five or 10 years, if you're still you know interested, then uh, we could follow back up and see how she's or have her on the show. She could talk by herself. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Kurt, Kurt, do you have anything? I've got one more question before we get a trash on the table. No, you got it. You go ahead. Well, the last thing I just wanted to ask Phil, for those who are out there listening and who are considering adoption, do you have just a piece of advice, some counsel, encouragement you would like to give them? Um, for people who are, who are like, who are seeking adoption. Yeah. Who are, who are considering it, who've been praying about it, reading, um, mm. just, yeah. What are some, uh, what's an encouragement you would give them? Mm. Well, I think probably what we kind of already talked about before being, um, I think, uh, there's going to be a lot of unknowns. You are going to have to be comfortable with that. And, um, but if you see this pattern of, of, you know, either like we did where we put up barricades and the Lord knocked them down, uh, be calm, be quiet and, and heed those and pay attention to those and, and just follow in the Lord's footsteps. You're, you're going to go through red tape. You're going to go through home studies. You're going to go through some of the most infuriating governmental bureaucratic garbage that you've maybe never been through before. But don't lose sight of why you're doing it. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's a lifelong thing, of course, when you're, you're bringing someone into your family, you know, all these things, but, but be encouraged that you don't have to be the one to, to do it all and, and just trust. And that's, it's easy to say, but it is really, really hard to do. So just, if you're, if you're, if you're on the journey, if you're in the process, you know, find a friend who maybe has gone through it and talk to them. They'll, they'll give you an ear, you know, and they'll, they'll listen to you and they'll encourage you and, and help you out in ways that, that you may need. But, um, but, uh, definitely reach out to your church, you know, uh, reach out to your a pastor or to a friend who's, who's done that. And, um, and, uh, but, but don't be discouraged. You will be discouraged, but don't be discouraged. <laughs> That's some good counsel. Thanks for, for sharing that, Phil. And you're going to stick around for our trash on the table yeah, segment. Sure. Um, so before we get into that, here's a quick word from Michael Hall. He's going to talk to you about RYM's youth leader training. So even if you're a parent and not a youth worker, check this out and be sure to direct people to RYM's YLT. Hey everyone, this is Michael Hall, Director of Training at RYM. I want to invite you to gather with ministry leaders from across the country at Youth Leader Training 2020. YLT is a great opportunity for you to take time away to receive life-giving refreshment from the gospel build encouraging relationships with other leaders, and grow deeper in your understanding of youth ministry in the local church. YLT is open to anyone with a heart for youth ministry. Men and women, full-time, part-time, 
parents or volunteers. Registration is now open for both locations, Nashville, Tennessee and Paradise, Pennsylvania. Visit rym.org YLT for more information. Hope to see you there. All right. That was Michael Hall talking about RYM youth leader training, something I've attended many years, really beneficial. We've now entered uh, what allegedly is my favorite part of the podcast, I guess, since I created it or just was told that I created it, which is trash on the table. This is where we just, these are odds and ends that maybe don't fit into the larger conversation. I only have one, and that's that as at the time of this recording, um, there's discussion within the White House uh, and in Washington, D.C. about uh, heavily regulating or even banning vaping, um, doing some uh, doing some regulation of vaping. And I think I haven't read everything about this, so I'm not informed. So if I offend whatever your political proclivity is, good. Um, and, uh, I don't and I don't care. But I think uh, uh but I think uh, this is coming from the fact that uh, the first lady was worried about this because of her son, uh, Baron, Baron Trump. Um, uh, the first lady was worried about this. And so now it's on the president's radar. And uh, I think uh, I think that's, you know, vaping is a big issue with my students um, and their parents. Parents are very worried about this. So a lot of people who have parents of teenagers and college age kids and maybe even in, in preteen kids or this will gain a lot of traction with them. Um, they were probably like, yeah, let's do this. Um, but just like everything else, I, um, I probably government regulation. My, my general idea is that government regulation probably isn't the answer. Um, we tried that with alcohol. It didn't really work. Um, and, uh, and I have a fact for you, which is, um, there's something like 11 million people who use electronic cigarettes, whether that's vaping or juuling or whatever. And I think like 70 of them have been stricken with an illness or died from this. 70 out of 11 million. Uh, to put that in perspective, that's really tiny number. So um, not that those 70 people weren't important. They are. Uh, every life is important. But, uh, you know, that means that uh, a 10 million, uh, Nine hundred and thirty people didn't die from uh, vaping, so this is a big issue right now in the youth world, and it's made its way to Washington D.C. I'll be interested to see how it um, how it plays out. That's my trash on the table. All right, hey Phil, I think you've got some stuff for us. Trash on the table. Yeah, well, I, I feel bad calling it trash. I, I, I guess what I brought were just a couple of resources that were um, germane to adoption. And one one that is uh, probably very well known and certainly in our case was helpful, in particular for me. The, the one book that I read that was really just kind of uh, gave a good perspective on, on adoption is Russell Moore's Adopted for Life. So I would recommend that um, to especially to folks who maybe are thinking about adoption or like maybe we could one day do it just pick it up and read it's a good read uh it, it addresses both people who are who are um wanting to pay maybe adopt themselves or um sorry not adopt themselves but who themselves would like to adopt excuse me english um but also addresses you know families who are like what my, my you know maybe grandparent age folks who are like what my kid just said they want to adopt what's wrong with them you know questions for them and and uh because that's another funny question that, that might come up so that's a good good resource another one that um and i have to give uh credit to my wife maggie for this one 
uh, is there's a website called yesimadopted.com. Um, and, and I think that the name of their podcast is yes, I'm adopted. Don't make it weird. <laughs> it's these two Korean adult adoptees. And let me tell you, if you ever want to know, John, that's probably where you need to go for questions on like, what do people ask? Cause these are guys who have kind of, what I, was, I was talking about just a minute ago, who've, who've gone, they've been adopted, um, international adoption, They've they've grown up now they're adults and they're they're talking quite a bit about their experience good bad and ugly and otherwise one of the ones they talked about the other day was you know there's a lot of attention currently on abortion and and you know whether for or against or whatever and they're like we're not even going to get into that but you might not know that as you know when people see that I'm a Korean adult who's been adopted people are like aren't you should be grateful that you weren't aborted <laughs> it's just like why would you say that to me well you know they're like and then, and then they kind of get but they're 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 very down to earth and they're like oh yeah and you should be very grateful I didn't murder you in your sleep last night you know? <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of things that you could be grateful it sounds like something you Kirk, but there's, I find that I find I find that one way to really make people grateful is to um is is by force. I feel like by force gratefulness <laughs> is always really effective. But, and, it, and if I you mean, do own good. like a handgun, to just pull that out and point it at their face while you're forcing them to be grateful. <laughs> so yeah, but that anyway, that's a great resource. Um, you know, they may be a little bit long, but and I, I don't know if they're if they're Christians or not, but. Um, Really good resource to see folks talking extremely candidly about what it's like, and um, you know, and, and and don't don't fear that you're going to ruin someone's life if you ask the wrong question. Just exercise some common sense and decency, and 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 ask for grace. You know, you're you're going to get it wrong, but you're going to get a lot of things wrong. So don't worry about it. Ask about it, learn about it, and and uh, yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, helpful resources. Thanks for passing that on. Um, I guess the only thing I, I want to bring up is just to let people know, and we'll probably talk about this more on this podcast as well as the local youth worker, but RYM is going to be teaching a class on youth and family ministry at Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi, and that will begin in January. Uh, so that's something at the time of this recording we just found out this week, and that's some exciting news. Uh, so if you parents out there or if there are other youth workers just passing that information along uh, to someone in uh, the area of youth and family ministry, they'd be interested in learning more about that. Uh, be sure to check that out. That'll be on, I think, RTS's website in, in November. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Phil, it's been awesome having this conversation. Really appreciate you being vulnerable, sharing your story, being candid, and just for, for answering our questions. It's been fun having you all. Well, guys, yeah, thanks again. I appreciate it. Appreciate the, uh, the opportunity, guys. All right. Y'all have a good day.